Welcome to the Battleground Wisconsin podcast. My name is Matt Brusky and I'm the Deputy Director here at Citizen Action and welcome to another week from Wisconsin. We have our full panel, which means Coachella Jorna Taylor is here. Jorna is a nonprofit consultant and sporting her Coachella t-shirt. Obviously very excited to uh, go there later. Jorna, welcome. Uh, good morning. <laughs> <laughs> and as always, Robert Craig, our Executive Director is here. Robert. Uh, good morning, everyone. So we are post-primary election, and uh, we're going to talk a little primary election for you. Uh, I got to say, uh, turnout was a little higher than I expected. I Sad. <laughs> I mean, I must admit, I was expecting close to record low, low turnout since there was no Supreme Court race. But um, we did have well over 300,000 uh, primary voters, uh, which is... Certainly not anything great, but uh, the big result was Tony Evers. Tony Evers getting nearly 70% uh, of the turnout. And uh, John Humphreys, I'd have to say, uh, the big loser, uh, with uh, Lowell Holtz coming in second. So we essentially have a primary that has given us Evers and Holtz for our April 4th general election. Jorna, any uh, any thoughts on this? Well, uh, I... I mean, Tony Evers walked away with it, which is great. And it does show some support and, and the momentum behind the Evers campaign. However, that doesn't mean that we can all rest on our laurels and not do anything to ensure that Tony Evers is reelected. Um, I think it was interesting that Lowell Holtz kind of wiped the floor with Humphreys, too, which um, I don't think that's exactly what they had expected to happen. I know that there were all those things that came out in the last few weeks of the campaign, the sort of, you know, I'll scratch your back if you scratch mine by dropping out of the race uh, accusations. But right. but didn't it seem like Holtz was sort of the chief instigator of all that? So I think, yeah, yeah, he was the chief yeah. instigator of it, it, it seems. But I think the Republicans had bigger hopes for Humphreys. And well, well, Republicans yeah, like yeah. a man with a plan. Robert, your thoughts? Well, it is interesting. They kind of put Humphreys up as the crossover candidate between the right-wing interests behind voucher schools and a few, the, the few handful of kind of sellout corporate Democrats who, uh, particularly in Milwaukee, that still support voucher schools. And uh, Representative Jason Fields was actually at the announcement. And so he looked like potentially a dangerous candidate that could get some Democratic votes in Milwaukee and then get Republican votes. But whatever happened during this election, uh, the minders of, Repu of the Republican Party, i.e. the right-wing talk show host that dominate Milwaukee, decided that Humphreys was not a real conservative, and they blew the whistle really loud. And so I know Matt's been looking at the numbers, but the wow counties came out at Soviet-like numbers for, for Holt to over Humphreys, right, Matt? Yeah, no, it's, it's really clear that word got out that Holtz was the true Republican, and Clearly, Humphreys was seen as a as a, a rhino because he had supported the recall, and uh, so they they got Holtz and Jorna. Your main point, right, about the notion that we should not rest on our laurels because primary turnout is significantly lower than what we're going to see in the general. Now, admittedly, the general will not be some great turnout, but you know, turnout's going to double, and you're going to have a very different voter universe. And I think we need to talk a little bit about this. It is unclear at this moment whether we're going to see significant voucher interest, since it's very clear that Lowell Holtz is, uh, I mean, he's a strong 
ardent, you know, ardent supporter of, of, of the voucher system, whether we're going to see an influx of out-of-state money, which can completely reshuffle the deck, right? You're going to have double the amount of voters. This was already a low information. Um, and, you know, if this can become a, a real partisan battle in, in a muck fest, uh, we cannot sit here and think just because he got 70%, that means this is over. Well, these guys are going to do it based on numbers. They'll be doing polling. They'll be testing all of the negatives on Mr. Hulse, including his attempt to secure a permanent job in return for leaving the race. And, and the fact that he thought some independent group was going to raise all the money for him, that's all come out. So they're testing whether, it, whether he can win or not based on what the likely electorate is. And if they think he can, so in other words, if we let up off the gas pedal, then they'll be able to for, uh, put in hundreds of millions to try to take uh, uh, Tony Evers out. So we can't know what they're going to do. We don't know what all their polling, their corporate funded polling is going to show. But we just have to create a situation on the ground where they decide not to waste their money in the race. So, folks, we're not going to take this for granted. We here at Citizen Action, we had a lot of folks out uh, in Eau Claire and in the Milwaukee area last weekend before the primary, and we're not going to take a weekend off. Uh, here in Milwaukee, we will continue to be asking folks to join us at the Milwaukee Teachers Education Association on Valite Street. We'll have all the contact information on our website, but we're going to be gathering there this Saturday at 9.30, again, Saturday, February 25th. And we want to encourage you to come by at 9.30. We're going to have some coffee and a little ch uh, little talk before we go out, and we may even have some school board candidates there. Um, but we will have folks there all the way till 4 if you can't come in the morning. But uh, every Saturday we'll be there. And we also expect that we'll have some more locations uh, around the state that will uh, pop up, including Eau Claire. I know our organizing cooperative up there is very interested in uh, potentially uh, getting some uh, some some canvassing spots up there where we could have people available on the weekends. I'll also have a link on our webpage. If you live anywhere in the state of Wisconsin, the campaign is willing to work with you, including uh, where you can make phone calls from homes, home, or they will uh, get you literature and canvas uh, materials so you could canvas in your neighborhood. We'll have a link where you can uh, get in touch with the campaign, and I've been told that a real live person will actually follow up with you within 24 hours to help you with that. So please, uh, get out there and let's not rest on our laurels on this. So with that, we want to talk a little bit about an issue that maybe you haven't heard about. It's been getting some press, but it's really a good metaphor for sort of what's going on here, uh, both in the state, but also I think nationally on the right in terms of their move to be really, quite frankly, just anti-science. <laughs> and, and of course, if science is in the way of what you want to do politically, uh, you know, let's just wipe it out. And so I want to, we're talking about the DNR magazine. This is a magazine that's been around for a hundred years. And Scott Walker said, uh-uh, no more, Jorna. Well, of course he did, kind of like the rest of the progressive policies that this state was based on. You know, anything that's been around for 100 years in Walker's, Wisconsin, got to go. Well, you know, some of those policies maybe cost taxpayers money, which we think is a great investment. Uh, this thing doesn't even cost anybody but, any money. But Matt, science. It says science, and those are alternative facts. And it's had articles about global warming, uh -oh. which we can't alternative talk about. Alternative facts. Oh, right. Oh, well, then it's got to it's I mean, the past few days here in Wisconsin clearly has demonstrated that. It's not. 
not happening. So, this is just a nice February. We're you having got, You got multiple levels here. You have both the idea that we shouldn't be providing scientific information to 88,000 Wisconsinites at no cost. And by the way, I agree with Matt. We shouldn't, if it, if it cost money, it would be still be worth doing it sure. public education. Uh, but independent of that, then you have the tissue of lies. Walker is saying that it costs money. It's government waste. It's not. It, it totally self-supporting. It makes money, a little money, actually. Uh, he's been saying it competes with other magazines. So uh, some uh, enterprising journalists actually went and asked, and none of the magazines in this area to see this competition at all. They're like, we're doing entertainment stuff. We don't have, like, science like this. In it's fact, like, they went out fine. of their way to say that they read the magazine and see it as yeah. vital because professional scientists actually write So I have a articles. question. Why can't, first of all, it, it's part of the non-science thing. Why can't conservatives at least say why they're doing something rather than lying to us. That's number one. And we're seeing that big time in healthcare, which we'll get to, right? But then science is it, trying to suppress science is also lying to us, right? And you guys got to wonder what the actual worldview is. If you could actually like have a conversation with, uh, with Scott Walker, and I'm not sure he has honest conversations with anyone. I don't think he's like George W. Bush and you can sit at the bar, uh, allegedly, who knows if that's true, and hear what he really thinks. But does he really think that global warming is not happening? And if he doesn't, and, it's, and does he really think it's not human induced? And does he really think it's a good idea if he grants the other premises, even if it's a 1% risk to risk like a global genocide of, of a billion people dying and losing uh, three quarters of our cities in the world uh, in order what to further enrich fossil fuel corporations? I'd just love to know. I mean, I'm sure there are so many levels of denial that there'd be no way to actually have that conversation, right? Yes, Robert. Absolutely. I mean, there's no science is bad. And your, your hands over your ears and hum or put your head in the sand, whatever metaphor you want. Right. So, look, there's uh, many things in Walker's budget that uh, certainly don't make full sense. This one, though, there's something you can do about it. Uh, you can get, become a subscriber. And so we uh, shout out to Jim Rowan, who uh, writes an excellent blog that covers the environment, has been really encouraging people uh, to sign up. It's like eight nine bucks a year you get six six issues and it really helps you understand the science behind uh our what we're trying to do around our ecology and our environment here in wisconsin so encourage yes, you to I'm, sign I'm up to subscribe i haven't got to it yet but i'm glad this is it made me more aware of the magazine, so I'm definitely subscribing. And so, folks, um, we'll have a link to how you can become a subscriber. And again, this thing's been around for 100 years, so we're not talking about some fly-by-night magazine. I do want to give a shout-out to Dick Ellis from On Wisconsin Outdoors and Kelly O'Day. They were featured in the Racine Journal to uh, Times article. You know, they could have just, you know, hammered the ma magazine and for them to stand up and actually uh, say no and, and back it, say they read it, right? In this highly charged political environment, you know, a shout out to them. I think that's great. So we have to move to our next topic. And we want to talk about what's been going on at the federal level as it relates to the Republicans in particular. Um, and it's not all Republicans. Uh, Jim Sensenbrenner has been showing up. But town hall meetings. They have been ducking out of town hall meetings. This has been a growing story over the last few weeks as more and more stories come across nationally. But we're experiencing it firsthand here in Wisconsin with uh, Senator Ron Johnson in particular. Uh, he has essentially refused to hold town halls and instead is doing these ridiculous phone town halls where you don't even really actually know when they're 
occurring and you can't really actually participate and ask a question. Um, what I think is most interesting, and you know, there's it's getting a lot of press, is many of the same folks who are ducking these town halls, Jorna, Ron Johnson included, are the same people who were essentially brought into office after the wave of Tea Party invasion of town halls after the Obama after Obama got elected. Well, this is incredibly cowardly on behalf of Republicans around the country that they don't actually want to hear from their constituents because they know their constituents are angry. They know that they're not happy with how the economy is going, with how the Trump administration has spent its, you know, first month and a half now. And, you know, frankly, they don't have answers for it. And so instead of getting in front of their constituents and having a conversation, they'll just avoid it altogether or use things like these teletown halls, which, mind you, you know, progressive nonprofits have used very successfully to educate um, folks about issues. But in this case, it's being used as a tool of avoidance and to screen any sort of negativity because you can screen questions and all sorts of things so that there's, you know, and then we can report back to the press that, oh, my constituents are so happy because we only let through the nice questions that we planted. It is very much like Scott Walker's public appearances, which are all captive audience, right? Uh, and then Member Walker was surprised his approval rings because people were really uh, positive and optimistic about his leadership in the captive audience meetings. Uh, remember that? So it's the same thing. Uh, these folks don't actually believe in democracy. They believe in having a rigged election, rigged at a number of levels, having alleged democratic consent, and then doing what they want. And so the thing is, is that their whole healthcare bait and switch is dependent on the public not knowing what they're doing. And these town halls and even all the publicity around them not doing the town halls is shining a very bright light on their lack of a replacement, which will not happen because they, they will not guarantee, as Donald Trump says, health care for all. First of all, because they don't actually think the government should have that role. They're lying to their own constituents about that by promising it in this election and now. But in addition, because they're giving the money back to the top, top 0.01%, an average $195,000 tax break for the hard-pressed 0.01% who will do what with that money? Put it in the Cayman Islands, probably. Yeah. But go ahead, Matt. Yeah, yeah, Jorna, I, you know... I think you're absolutely right, and Robert, you're putting a point on it, is they don't have answers to the questions that are going to be asked. And they're being bombarded with questions. You mentioned immigration, or you didn't mention it, but I'll mention it, immigration, health care, whole host of, of, of uh, uh, questions that they don't have answers to. So health care, right? Even Sensenbrenner. Give him credit. He, he went there in front of the public and flat out said, I cannot answer your question as to what's going to happen to your kids who now have health care, right? And that's a difficult thing to do. Uh, and so that's hence why they're skipping these. Well, and I saw some poll somewhere, and maybe it was on Politico or MSNBC, you know, one of those alternative news, source, news sources, fake news. Fake, yeah. Uh, that said that 56% of Americans want their legislators to hold these town halls. That number seems really low to yeah. me. You know, who doesn't want their maybe representatives they were to hear? And thought they had to all go. <laughs> uh, but, well, then um, only 10% would really yeah, want it. But let me, let me just add the holding the town halls without them is really important, and that's been happening around the state and our. Northeast and Western Wisconsin organizing co-ops are doing that in Wausau for Senator Johnson and Representative Duffy this week. Let me to give you the tone. And by the way, our, our opposite numbers in Michigan, Michigan United, had a great video of them trying to get in and talk to staff, which I believe we posted on Facebook, but which has gone viral nationally. But let me tell you 
I'm in possession of uh, our organizer in Eau Claire, our co-op organizer, Jeff Smith, former state resident Jeff Smith, got the following response from the state scheduler of Ron Johnson, and it is, Thank you and Dr. Craig for contacting our office. As you might imagine, Senator's schedules must be made well in advance. Senator Johnson is tightly booked at the time on 23 February. Will not work. He does or plan telephone town halls to be able to converse with many Wisconsinites at one time at their own convenience. Visit our website to sign up. This would be great time to voice your concerns about healthcare and other issues being discussed in Washington. Can I ask a question about that email, Robert? Was it written written by Betsy DeVos? Because it seems a little bit like is our children learning in its language? They're learned from MJ Luce, state scheduler, U.S. Senator Ron Johnson. My favorite part is the not working. <laughs> oh, God. We're Look doomed. At, yeah, well, I'm sure Congress would like to start holding it, its sessions. You know, through the telephone, since that's a great substitute for in-person discussion. A Google and, Hangout. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. Well, look, Robert, you're right. We got to keep the pressure up. Kudos to our organizing cooperative members who are doing that in their parts of the state. And we know there's lots of other organizations uh, that are having events that Ron Johnson is not showing up to. Um, however, this recess continues, so folks should keep calling their offices, uh, jamming the lines, and asking for questions. So there was some uh, healthcare news this week, Robert, that I want to make sure that you're able to at least get out. That is that uh, Citizen Action, in partnership with our national, our new national network, People's Action and Healthcare for America Now, released a report on the cost of repealing the Affordable Care Act. And it had Wisconsin-specific numbers. And, um, well, to the shock of no one, it, it's not good. It is, it is, the numbers are not good for not only people's health, but also how this will impact the economy. Robert, uh, give us the highlights. Well, so we know, for example, already the cost of 30 million people losing their health coverage, returning to the days of discrimination, 430,000 people in Wisconsin. And the new numbers that 27% of people in the United States under 65 have a pre-existing condition that would get them denied coverage if they had to buy it on their own. And we'll return to that wild, wild west with these plans, the alleged plans. But we want to get into, uh, in this report, it costs too high, we'll have a link to it, uh, the broader financial implications. I mean, it also mentions the personal implications, like the 190,000 people getting subsidies on the affordable marketplace exchange will lose $4,953 per year. And the average Medicaid re Medicare recipient will lose $1,000 a month in prescription drugs benefits. In other words, because the, the Affordable Care Act helped close the donut hole. But the aggregate numbers are amazing. And it actually, actually makes sense. You know, I know we talked about being fact-based. If you take a lot of money out of the economy, it causes jobs to be lost. And so the number, the amount of federal dollars that would be taken out of the Wisconsin economy between 2019 and 2023 is... $700 billion and $892 million. And it's going to cost hospitals and doctors a huge amount of money in uncompensated care. I mean, just uh, hundreds of millions of dollars, as you might imagine. And it's going to, if you run the numbers, so it's $1.1 billion cost to doctors and hospitals. By the way, why aren't we hearing a hue and cry from the roars of the world, by the way, that, given this? Because they're ducking and thinking that they're going to cut a deal with the Trump administration with Ryan, right, Matt? Look, I mean, well, it, 
part of it is if they create something like a hersp and other things, that it starts to cover their, their backside a little bit. Not much. But Not yeah. much. But yeah, no, I mean, this is a political decision on their part, right? And, and, and they're actually doing it against their own self-interest, which is no, shows the ideology. they think that they're such brilliant lobbyists, they can cut a deal. So one of the things some of the Obama folks believed was if you had the major healthcare interest involved in the Affordable Care Act, they would use their power to protect it. That's not necessarily the case. We're back to progressive activists uh, defending it and then trying to move beyond it uh, to full coverage. But if you run the numbers, uh, taking that amount of money out of the economy will cost us 45,700 jobs in Wisconsin, which is a lot more jobs than any activity of Scott Walker has created. He can't take credit for the natural economic recovery, just saying. Um, and of course, in the counterfactual world of Scott Walker, it was a good idea to turn down $800 million for high-speed rail. It was a good idea to turn down the extra money for Badger Care. Uh, but this, is a tur this, this makes those turndowns look tiny by comparison. And it will affect the economy, because you take money Healthcare is a big part of the economy. It's nearly a fifth of the economy, and they're going to defund it, basically. So this issue continues to be incredibly important. And this Saturday, there is a major event here in Milwaukee. This Saturday, February 25th, from 11 to 1245 at the IBW Local 494. That is at 3303 South 103rd Street here in Milwaukee. There's going to be a big... Big action around healthcare. Hundreds of people, hopefully there. Please uh, try and make it if you can this Saturday again, 11 a.m. Uh, to 12:45 at the IBW Local 494 here in Milwaukee. And we'll have a link if you didn't catch that. So, Jorna, Matt, I got to talk to you about our friend Paul Ryan. Paul Ryan's going to need some um, healthcare if he keeps up his. Uh, activities his equestrian activities yeah i was gonna say i mean this is like your weekend furlough come to oh life God, so horse riding so paul ryan he is ever the showman right he really understands the media decided <laughs> decided this week that it would be a great idea for him to get on top of a horse mm -hmm. down at the border he did he did and ride around well this would be after the horse i believe took off on him is that correct is that would that be proper analysis um so first of all whoever advised paul ryan that he should get on a horse should be fired <laughs> uh that poor horse should be retired from the scarring experience of having <laughs> paul ryan's extremely poor riding skills oh it's embarrassing and the speaker should apologize to every equestrian that has ever been on a horse because it is embarrassing and yes the horse took off with Paul Ryan <laughs> on the national news. So, I mean, so it makes me very happy because what is it with Wisconsin GOP politicians who think that the way to America's heart is to get on a horse? I mean, how ridiculous is this? He, what, he did not look like Ronald Reagan, I'll say He that. did not he look did like not. Ronald Reagan. He was not wearing a helmet, which is also ridiculous and stupid. So when, you know, we don't have Obamacare and he falls off and busts open his head, thank God he's got congressional health care yeah. coverage, you know. Which is what they're shouting at the forums. They're like, we want your health care. Yeah, well, he's going to need it because he's... He's going to fall off. And I, this is it's appalling. So like taking politics out of this, that was an absolutely 
asinine thing to do. It's a little like the the tank. The that, tank with that the, yes. very Dukakis. Well, if you had put that helmet on, on that Jorno is recommending, that th- would have been. There's lovely. a really good political movie I recommend, a Cindy Lamette film called Power. Uh, Richard Gere is a uh, political consultant, and they have a bad candidate for governor in New Mexico. And during the big ad shoot, gets thrown from a horse. And then they freeze frame it and get it so it's just at the bucking level and make him look really heroic in the ad. There's, so it's like there's that. There's nothing heroic about Paul Ryan riding a horse except that it was heroic that a 1,200-pound animal did not kill Paul Ryan. I don't think people understand that. Well, Jorna, when I watched the video, I right away I thought of you and said, I cannot wait to ask Jorna whether what I saw was indeed a horse taking off with Paul Ryan on top and then the, the, the officials bringing Paul Ryan and his horse back to the group. Well, look, um, we we have fun with uh, Mr. Paul Ryan, but uh, the point is also how shameless all this is, that Mr. Wisconsin, you know, in a state that clearly has benefited from the flow of, of, uh, of, of immigrants, especially in our agricultural industry and, you, mean you know, hard vibrant. Hardworking people who want to be here, you yeah, mean? Yeah. Right. <laughs> that has brought vitality to a number of small towns throughout the state and in and, and big cities like Milwaukee uh, to go down there. And just you know, do this total self promotion. The other pictures of him in a in a like a border boat with his sunglasses on. It's just it's sickening, right? Because this is all just a pander to their base. So anyway, shame on you, Paul Ryan. I hope you had a good time on the horse. And it's just been awful. If you listen to the uh, Republican kind of uh, shills on cable right now, all they're doing is talking about you know murderers and uh, as if th- we've every administration has sought to deport anyone who's committed a serious crime. And so they're trying to smear hardworking families and people trying to join America and live the American dream as rapists and murderers and, and robbers, etc. It's just repeatedly over and over, no matter what the host or the other people on the shows say, they just they, they clearly this is the this has come from Bannon. This is now what we're gonna do is we're gonna make people extremely fearful of immigrants, which is just grotesque. So with that, we want to actually have a guest before we close our show. We want to talk a little bit more about our one of our new organizing cooperatives, and that is the nor- in the northeastern part of the state, which really we're talking predominantly the Green Bay-Appleton area. But uh, as you'll hear from our organizer, Rebecca Durain, it uh, actually quite, covers quite a large area. Matt, thank you so much for having me today. I'm pleased to be on the podcast. Well, we're thrilled to have you. Um, we have talked before about having uh, a cooperative in western Wisconsin, which was a second area outside of Milwaukee where the cooperative grew. And you are represent the third area of growth in northeastern Wisconsin. So tell us a little bit now. The, the group has already started to meet. Uh, give our listeners an idea of sort of the scope of area with which uh, the cooperative covers. Sure, absolutely. So... While I'm based in Green Bay, our members come from northeastern Wisconsin. That represents actually six counties in the area. So g- give me an idea. So you're talking then like, uh, are we talking about it like Oconto or Door County? Do, so if we had listeners say in Door County, would they? this would be a cooperative possibly that they could join? Absolutely. We would welcome folks from Door County, from Oconto County, all the way down to Winnebago County. Well, that's great. 
um, I, I've heard that your steering committee has now met and you have some folks that are already interested in getting involved. Could you give us an update if there's any particular issues right away that some of the cooperative members are interested in? Yes, our steering committee has met. We've elected leadership and have selected bylaws and we're working hard on issues. We started with healthcare and we've recently formed an issue committee around uh, nonpartisan redistricting. And so folks are really getting energized around that issue. I think we'll have tremendous support in terms of not only our cooperatives, but other organizations' interests as well. Yeah, no, we've, uh, we had uh, Senator Dave Hansen on uh, to talk a little bit about his legislation and also Sachin Chetta on to talk about the lawsuit. We, we, of course, see that as a huge issue, and it seems to be really getting uh, very hot around the state in terms of people getting it, that this is a real issue uh, with which we need to be concerned with. I agree. I think people see that they want fair and um, free ways to redraw Wisconsin's current legislative districts and don't want these unconstitutional maps. So I think they're very interested in supporting the recent bill Senator Hansen launched, uh, the nonpartisan redistricting legislation, and um, are looking to organize around that. In fact, our local committee has set up a town hall type of meeting to launch this initiative, and it will be in Green Bay coming up. So mark your calendars, Tuesday, March 7th. If you're around and available, please join us. Uh, we'll be meeting at Kavarna on Green Bay Tuesday, March 7th at 6.30 p.m., and we'll kick off this citizen-led initiative to create fair voting maps in Wisconsin. Well, that's very exciting. And do I have this right? Is uh, Senator Hansen a member up there? That's correct. We actually do have some lawmakers that are members. Senator Hansen is one, and we're really happy that he's on board and support getting things uh, organized and folks engaged and, and passionate about the process. So, Rebecca, if folks are interested in finding out more about the organizing cooperative in northeastern Wisconsin or want to sign up and join, how do they do that and how do they get in touch with you? Yeah, thanks for asking. So, first of all, uh, you can find us on Facebook and you can join us by going online, citizenactionwi.org. So, you can reach out to me directly, Rebecca, at 920-389-1768, 3891768. Well, Rebecca, we really appreciate you taking the time to join us and we're we're thrilled that the co-op is off and and off to a, a good start and we really want to encourage our listeners to get involved and if you live in that area to join the cooperative. Thanks everyone for having me on the show today. Have a great day. So, Jorna, Matt, what are you doing this weekend? Giving Paul Ryan horseback riding lessons. Woo! Ooh, nice. I was thinking I was going to spend my weekend watching back uh, episodes of Fury. Uh, no, I don't really have any big plans this weekend except spending time engaging in some quality, educated riding of horses uh, well, where I will not get run away with, hopefully. Well, that sounds great. Robert, what are you doing this weekend? You, uh, you're not in D.C., you're not traveling the world. What's, what's happening? Well, I've been in... Uh, last two weekends uh, in Chicago and then D.C., so laundry. Oh, nice. Um, That's a good one. We do have the big health care rally uh, <coughs> Saturday morning, which Brian will write a link to. Uh, other than that, we'll see. Oh, Calm down, Robert. Calm down. Calm down. Well, 
I'm going to take advantage of the snow that's coming back, right? We're going to have some it's fun. It's going to rain. Oh, it's not going to snow. Well, maybe we have to go up north where they're getting a foot of snow. Congratulations to all you who live up in the greater Eau Claire area. Uh, I will be canvassing for Tony Evers and uh, for Larry Miller, my school board member, this Saturday. And want to encourage you, if you're not attending our healthcare rally, to come out and uh, make some phone calls, knock some doors uh, for Tony Evers this weekend. With that, we want to thank Brian Wildridge, who makes it happen every week. And we have news for our listeners before we go. We're really, really hopeful. Uh, keep calling, but we think we got a shot. We might be on 1510 very shortly, the new radio station here in Milwaukee. But keep on calling the station and telling them you want to hear the Battleground podcast on the weekend over there at 1510. With that, thank you, Brian Wildridge, for making the podcast happen. We'll see you next week here at the Battleground Wisconsin.